message is from Family Worship Center. This message will not only build your life, but will make you experience the transforming love of God. Open up your heart and be blessed. Lord, I commit the preaching of the word this morning to you. I ask for your help. I ask for the spirit of simplicity, the spirit of the grace of God that makes preaching and hearing the word easy. Let it come upon us, Lord. And Lord, I pray that we're not just hearers of the word, that we go home and we walk these things. And therefore, our lives have been transformed. Thank you for everybody within the sound of my voice. Thank you for everybody in church right now and in the, all the churches. Lord, meet everybody at the point of their need. Please speak to everybody. Speak to everybody, Lord. Speak to everybody. Father, don't allow any woman or man to point the finger to the wife or to the husband or to the child. Cause us all to hear for ourselves and to grow in you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Please be seated. Good morning. And good morning to all of you in the branches joining this morning. Good morning to Pastor Innocent. The comfort of the Lord be upon you and your wife. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Today, I'm continuing on the series we began. Oh, that has been going on. And still on the issue of character and de developing the fruit of love, I'm going to add another aspect of love today, part three. So I'll be looking at the God kind of love in marriage. The God kind of love in marriage. I would like to start by saying that marriage is the will of God. Marriage is the will of God. Marriage is not man's idea. Marriage is the will of God and it's God's idea. It's the creation of God. When I say marriage, I say I mean marriage between a man and a woman. Marriage between a man and a woman. Every other marriage is not the will of God. Every other kind of marriage is not the will of God. But the marriage between a man and a woman is the will of God. God instituted marriage before any other institution. And there is no society in the world where marriage does not exist. Every society in the world, in every society in the world, marriage exists. And marriage is the foundation of the human society. And the stability of the human society depends largely on the stability of the marriage institution. Marriage is the stability of every society. And as, as marriage disintegrates, society disintegrates. There are some nations today that most of the men are in prison. That society is in trouble. That society is in trouble. Marriage is the stability of your life and of your family. Marriage stabilizes you. Marriage was created by God as a good thing. Marriage was created to solve a bad problem God had. After the creation, everything was good, but there was one thing that was not good, and that was why God instituted marriage. When God finished creation, the Bible says that man was alone, and that was a problem for God. Therefore, God brought about marriage. I want you to know that if you are married today, a good thing happened to you. A good thing happened to you. I came to abuse the lie. I came to actually neutralize the lie in your life that your marriage is hell. It's not hell. 
is the devil trying to make it hell. But the will of God is that you'll be happy in marriage. Marriage is a good thing. Somebody say amen. amen. Marriage was not made to hurt a man or woman, but to bless and make them happy. Even when God had, was going to destroy the world, he saved the animals two by two. He saved a man and a woman turtle, a man and a woman goat. He did not save two men and one woman. No, he did not save three men. He saved a man and a woman. So even when God was going to do, do the world all over again, he went back to the same idea of the family. Male and female enter the boat. I want you to know that marriage is a good thing as God does not have the capacity to create anything bad. It is not in God's mind. God cannot do evil. He cannot create a bad thing. Marriage is for support and help for both the husband and the wife. The wife helps the husband and the husband helps the wife. The wife supports the husband and the husband supports the wife. Marriage is not supposed to be a woman slaving over a man. It is not for a man slaving over a woman. Marriage is supposed to be both of you making each other better, supporting and helping each other. It's a place for companionship and friendship. I want you to know, some of you to know that there are some homes where they laugh every day, where they eat and they are just happy, where they have just made a decision to have a good time. Those marriages exist and there are many of them. Marriage is a place for friendship because you married your friend or you developed a friendship. It's a place for joy, a place for happiness, a, a place for laughter and fulfillment. It's supposed to be. When I was married, we used to laugh till 2 a.m. sometimes. We used to so laugh until I pretend to Pastor Ina was sleeping so that he would keep quiet or so that, you know, he would stop dreaming. So marriage is for laughter, it's for fulfillment. It's a place for quality relationships. When you get married, the friends you and your husband make are better than the friends you had when you were single. You begin to have responsible relationships. You begin, you enter another level. We're still talking about character. That even in marriage, your character will show. It's a place for higher income. So, Ikide makes, let's say, 200,000 by himself. His wife makes 150. The two of them are better together because they now have 350 versus him having his 200 and the wife having her 150. So, when you are married, you are more economically stable and more economically buoyant than if you are alone. It is for physical health. Marriage improves your health. A good marriage makes you live longer. And a bad marriage can cut off your life because you will have high blood pressure. The point I want to make this morning, and I'm going to make it by the grace of God, is that no matter where you are, you can fix your marriage. And that that blood pressure can come down. That that, that tension can come down to where it becomes a laughing place if we allow the God kind of love. Marriage is a place for improved mental health improved mental health a place for purpose and all-round success it's a place for security and stability 
You say, Pastor, what are you talking about? I'm living in hell. That hell can, will change today. That hell will change today. Because the word of God brings light and it brings understanding. It changes things. The word of God changes, changes things. I want you to have a mind that is open to the word. Open your mind to the word. The Bible says one will chase a thousand, but two will chase ten thousand. Turn with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 9. Put it up on the board. Ecclesiastes chapter 2 verse, chapter 4 verse 9. It says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls. For he has no one to help him up. My brother had a terrible incident this week. He lives alone and he fell down. I think he fell down and hit his head and was on the... He must have slept there because nobody could lift him up. Is that... As I speak to you, my brother is in ICU right now. My mother's last child. So the Bible is so true. If he was living with somebody, even if the person could not lift him up, at least the person could have looked for help. And I say this to those of you who are living alone. It's not a good thing. In fact, I was talking to Mama the other day. I said, this one that I'm the one that sleeps alone upstairs, I need someone to be sleeping so that if something happens, I shout, you will hear. You know, so it is not good for anybody to stay or live alone. It says, for if they fall, one, inaneneke. <laughs> Verse 10, for if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warmed alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not easily broken or quickly broken. I live alone, but I wish I was, I wish I was married. I was happier when I was married. I laughed more when I was married. Pastor Ina used to have this thing with me. When I would not want sex for like a week or so, and I would tell him I have a headache, he said, I have the medicine. <laughs> if I had back, he would say, I have the medicine. I say, honey, in my stomach, he said, I have been telling you I have the medicine. <laughs> so he has one medicine for toothache, for eye problem, for headache, for everything. <laughs> and you know what is the truth? There's something sex does to you. It just balances everything. It's a pastor. I cannot lie to you, it's the truth. And I know I just, I just finished the message for a man. Say like, tell my wife, tell my wife. <laughs> oh God, I'm not going to play here today because I have so much to say. How did I get to that? <laughs> what was I saying, Wilson? You have to preach with me, Wilson. Help me, help me. You know I've not preached in a long time, so I don't even know how to preach again. <laughs> what was I saying, mommy? You are laughing so hard. I will find out what I was saying. Praise the Lord. Marriage, marriage is a happy thing. It's a good thing. This scripture is so loaded. Two are better than one. Don't fight it. Don't say, no, I can't. I'm better alone. I, I need to go. I need to be separated. I will, no, it's not true. The point I was making was that I am alone, but I, I wish I had somebody. I even wish I had a girlfriend that would go, well, until the and I. And that is why no matter where I'm going, I carry her. Because we know how to laugh our laugh. And she cares for me. So you have, don't be alone. 
Some of you have brothers and sisters, you are scattered everywhere. Everybody's doing his thing. God put your brothers and sisters and your family so you won't be alone. Praise the Lord. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. Those of you who have Oga bedroom and Madame bedroom, it's not the will of God. The will of God is one bedroom. I know I'm already looking for trouble, but it's okay. It's okay. One may be overpowered by another, but two, two can withstand him. You are better together. You are better married. Psalm 133, verse 1 to 3. Psalm 133. I actually need one hour for this message because, like, I want to do a marriage seminar. But, by the way, we are doing a marriage seminar first quarter next year, and it shall continue like that. Yeah. Psalm 133, verse 1. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Behold how good and pleasant it is for a man and his wife to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head, running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garment. It is like the dew of Hammon, descending upon the mountain, mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing and life evermore. Where husband and wife dwell together in unity, God commands a blessing. God commands a blessing. God commands a blessing. And those of you husbands who are having a bad marriage and your wife is threatening to leave and all and you are leaving her, you are, you are not doing anything about it, you are losing favor. You better do everything for your wife to stay because the Bible says if your wife stays, you find a wife, you find a good thing. The only thing is that there is problem, we need to solve the problem. It's, the marriage is not the problem, the problem is the problem. Matthew chapter 18, verse 19. Verse, and I'm going to show you something that God showed me here. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. I was thinking, why did God start with two? He was thinking of the marriage covenant. He was thinking of the husband and wife. That the first place of his presence, of his, of his um, covenant agreement, is the husband and wife unit, where two or three are gathered. He was speaking to the disciples. He would have said, where all of you gathered? He started with two. I want you to know that you have a lot of power as husband and wife. That whenever the two of you agree on anything, the Bible says it shall be done. And so if things are not being done, there is a place of disagreement somewhere. But if you agree and touch on God and bring him in as the third cord, that thing will be solved. So marriage is a good thing. It brings intervention by God. It brings blessings from God. It brings support like we saw in the other scriptures. I go on. According to mommy, Faith Oyedeko, marriage is a way of modeling God's covenant nature to us. Marriage is a way of modeling God's covenant nature to us. I want you to, to know this morning, like you already know, that God is all loving. God is all loving. He loves completely and unconditionally. He does not love you because you do right or you don't do right. He does not love you because you are anything. He loves you because he has made a decision to love you. And he is committed to that love. 
In fact, our love with God is almost one-sided, that he loves us completely and there's nothing you can do to make him love you less or more. You say, Pastor, how do I know? Because I know I have children. I, none of us love our children on condition. We love them because they are our children. Uh, is there any parent here? Is there any, am I speaking the, for every parent? That our children are loved unconditionally. That we don't want to hear or see when it comes to our children. They are our children. We don't love our children more than God loves us. So God is an all-loving God. He has made a decision to love you until he finally brings you to heaven to live with him forever. His love is everlasting. And he has promised never to leave you nor forsake you. With God, there is no divorce. God is not planning to divorce you. And no matter how you try to divorce him, he will keep following you. Until that day when he brings you to heaven. Somebody say amen. So therefore, in marriage, we are supposed to start experiencing the attributes of God. In marriage, we are supposed to know... See, when God instituted the marriage covenant, he saw the fellowship within him and Jesus and the Holy Spirit let us. He said, let me create a little prototype of it on, in heaven. So in marriage, we are supposed to start experiencing the unconditional love of God, the unfailing love of God, the unending love of God, the non-critical love of God, the accepting, lo accepting love of God. In marriage, we are supposed to begin to understand who God is in a good marriage. In a good marriage, you will understand the love of God completely. Nobody can deceive me on earth that God does not love me because I've experienced it through the love of Pastor Ina, my husband. I have seen the love of God. I have felt it. So I know, I know how God loves because I've seen Pastor in his imperfection love us. I've seen him love our children. I've seen him love everybody who lived with us. I've seen him love the people in church. And so I know the love of God. Husband and wife, listen to me. Your children are supposed to start knowing and feeling God from home. I know, in, I don't know how we did it. Husband will love children more than wife. It does not happen. It's, it's abnormal. But the point I'm trying to make is that, see, the children know the unconditional love of their parents. But the wife may not know the unconditional love of her husband. And the husband may not know the unconditional love of the wife because we have put too many conditions you don't do this right you don't do that right you are like this you are like that and so because of too many criticisms and too much trouble we have disallowed the light of god in all of us to shine to the other person i know i'm already going ahead of myself but i'm going to follow this message carefully because i want you to understand it in marriage, we are supposed to understand the unconditional love of God, the unconditional acceptance of God, the unconditional forgiveness of God, the permanent and endless love of God, security, safety, and rest. In, your, in marriage, your wife is supposed to know unconditional forgiveness. Your husband is supposed to experience unconditional forgiveness. Your children are supposed to, under, to receive unconditional acceptance, unconditional love, unconditional forgiveness. They are supposed to, in, in marriage, there is supposed to be security. There is supposed to be safety. There is supposed to be rest. Marriage is not supposed to be a prison. It's not supposed to be a problem. God is passionate about the sanctity of marriage and the stability of the home. Since that is where everyone is supposed to experience who he is and what God feels like. In marriage, you are supposed to feel days of heaven on earth. Days of heaven on earth. A husband is supposed to be like El Shaddai in the home. The wife is supposed to be a nurturer, building her home, 
collecting everything from daddy and giving all of us. Sometimes interpreting daddy to all of us. So they are both, I, I read somewhere, I think the book Mrs. Oyedepo wrote, the fact that husband and wife are like pilot one and pilot two. The husband is pilot number one and he's the main pilot. The wife is the second pilot. And you know, both of them can pilot the plane. Go. Because if pilot one conks out, who takes over? Pilot two. But pilot two never says anything until pilot one gives them the instruction. That's how the plane is, is whatever, or else it will crash. Pilot one does not interfere. Just like there is senior doctor and junior doctor. And all of us collect instructions from the senior doctor. Now, all of us are doctors, but there are some that are senior than others. I am saying this to start correcting some teachings or some things we have said wrong in the past, that the husband is the ogak patapata and everybody just, just follow. And he's ogak, but not, maybe not patapata. God is ogak patapata. Yes, he's ogak to an extent because both of us are steering this boat together. <laughs> Let me drive the, the point home. See, because Pastor and I were co-pilots, he left, the church continued. So if you run the home in such a way that you are the, the, the knife and the yam, there's wahala. Okay, I'll continue. You will understand as I go on. So the, 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 the family, we should be like heaven, days of heaven on earth. The home should be a miniature heaven. Hear me. Your home should be a miniature heaven where every need is met, where there is no chaos, where God is in control, God is in control in heaven, where the husband is in control, but he does not lord it over everybody. It's just a happy servant leadership in the home that makes everybody happy. And as I say this, I say this to those of you who are like me, who are heads of family, and you are a single person, that because of me, everybody in my house should be at peace. Everybody in my house should be relaxed. And to be honest, my house is like that. There's no chaos in my house. In fact, when I hear you raising your voice, I say, who is shouting? Who is screaming? Not in this house. They don't fight in my house. I don't go to the kitchen to look for anything. In fact, I run there because I don't want to go and see Nyama Nyama. So everybody is at peace. Everybody goes to the pot and takes what they want. Everybody is, everybody turns on their AC. Everybody just, and that is how home should be. No police in our house. I'm not a police. I'm not a DSS. Some of you are DSS. You are always looking around to look to catch somebody doing something. <laughs> to catch somebody doing something. No. Home should be a relaxed place. Days of heaven on earth. Somebody say that. Days of heaven on earth. Did you, did you hear me? Nobody should be afraid because you are coming home. Nobody should hide because you're coming home. Actually, they should be, like in my house, my children used to sit outside waiting for when daddy will come back. The love of God. Lord, help me to preach this well. Some years back, there was a question that circulated among young people. They live around me then. They lived around me, so I heard it. They were asking, is love enough for marriage? Is love enough for marriage? And what they were insinuating was that love was not enough. Because for the question to have, to have arisen, it meant that love, they were questioning that love was not enough. At first I thought, what stupid question? Of course love is enough. But after a while, they came up with the answer and the answer was no, love is not enough. And you know what? I agree with them, love is not enough. 
Love is not enough to, go, to, to, enter, to, to sustain you through a marriage. Worldly love is not enough. Sensual love or sexual love is not enough. Even brotherly love is not enough to carry you through marriage. The only love that can sustain you through a marriage is the God kind of love. It is the agape love. Agape love is enough. Somebody tell your neighbor, agape love is enough. So agape love is the highest form of love. It is the love of God to man. It is, the deep, it is a deep sacrificial self-effacing love that puts the interest of the other ahead of my interest. That is the agape love. It is the love that makes Jesus Christ to come and put your interest first and die while you live. That is agape love. It persists. Agape love persists regardless of the situation and circumstance. Is the kind of love that comes out of a pure and a good conscience. Please put for me 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 5. The kind of love that comes from a pure and a good conscience. Now the purpose of the commandment is love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from sincere faith. That is the agape love. It comes from a pure, sanctified heart. It comes from the, a, a sincere faith in God. And it expresses itself like that. Agape love is not based on if you do right or if you are right. It is not based on compatibility, but it actually thrives in incompatibility. Agape love thrives in incompatibility. Agape love thrives in incompatibility, and I need to make this point. It is based on a decision, a commitment, and a dedication to the object that it loves. It is untiring patience. It is untiring kindness. It is never ending peace and joy. Agape love is never jealous. It's not suspicious. Why are you just coming home? Who are you talking from on the phone? That is not the love of God. That, that is filial and all this other rubbish love. The other lo love does not, they can't, they can't withstand anybody else but you. But the agape love of God does not ask nonsense questions. Hey, you know I went to church. Now, why are you asking me where I'm coming from? But you're asking me because you are insecure and you, don't, and you have a problem. Agape love is settled. It's secured. It is not envious. It's not rude. It doesn't talk anyhow. It, doesn't, it is not puffed up. It's not arrogant. Agape love is not um, inconsiderate. It is courteous. It's accommodating. It's respectful. It does not seek its way. It, it's not selfish. It's not self-centered. It is not easily provoked. There are some of you, you are too provocable. You are like a wound. Eh, eh, eh. Everywhere, ouch, ouch, ow, eh, eh. From morning to night, eh, ah, oh. That is not the love of God. It's not easily provoked. Agape love does not rejoice in sin, but in truth. It bears all things. It suffers all things, just like God does. It believes the best of your spouse, not the worst. It hopes and believes all things, and it will never fail. The love of God, this is the love of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. That is how the agape love is. After a while in my marriage, we were not looking for who was wrong. We were looking for where to catch fun. We used everything to catch fun and to laugh. Because that is the will of God. Agape love is not rude. Does not talk to your wife or husband anyhow. Agape love. The agape love is God's kind of love. Okay? It is a complete and perfect God loving incomplete 
I'm imperfect people, loving wrecks like us. It is a kind, generous God, loving wicked and selfish people like you and I. What is agape love? It is God loving us until we are transformed by that love. Romans chapter 2 verse 4, please put it up for me. It is God loving us until we are changed. Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? So the love of God takes you incomplete. It takes you imperfect. It takes you wicked. It takes you rubbish and begins to work on you, work on you, work on you. It can throw you away, but it doesn't throw you away because it sees what you are going to become. He sees ahead of you. A good husband takes a woman and keeps working on her and working on her and working on her until she becomes. I'll tell you by my stories because I know my stories more than your stories. I've told you how the first time Pastor Ina put me on stage, it was in one small room in uh, Sheraton, the room on the right. That is the first place we started church. It was a room. We started on the left and then one of the Sundays they pushed out the all. And I was preaching on anger because I'm the counselor. And so all the psychological topics I used to, he used to allow me to teach, like how to make, create friends and all of that. And I was preaching on anger. The whole service was supposed to last two hours. I preached for one hour, 45 minutes. One hour, 45. And I was sure my husband was never going to put me on the stage again. Guess what? He said, honey, that was amazing. Your points were wonderful. But can you divide it into two? <laughs> and he put me back up again. That's the love of God. It doesn't stop us. It doesn't condemn us. It puts us back again and back again and back again until we become. To where if I, did, if I want, I can preach for 30 minutes, for 15 minutes if I want to. So the love of God keeps working on the object of his love until it transforms him. So far, God has demonstrated this love to you and me. So what happens is that God demonstrates this agape in us. He takes us as we are. He cleanses us. And then he says, okay, now enter into a covenant relationship with this and start a family and show them what I have done to you. Did you hear me? That is what marriage is supposed to be. It is for you to take the love that God has loved you with to love your wife. Take the same love to love your husband. Take the same love to love your children and love everybody around you. You are in your marriage as an agent of God's love. You are in your marriage as an agent of agape. That you have no permission to do anything but the love of God. So if God has not done it to you, don't do it to anybody. If God has never slapped you, don't slap anybody. If God has never told you are a stupid person, don't tell anybody stupid. You are permitted to do only what God has done to you in your, to, in your family. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? The Bible says the comfort with which you have been comforted, comfort somebody else. Only the, this God kind of love can sustain us through the marriage, the storms we experience in marriage. Agape love has one thing, one goal. That is, it seeks the highest good of the object, of the person is loving. A lot of marriages are distressed today and under heavy demonic attack. We are having people come into the office and saying, we are incompatible. We want a divorce. You know, a young lady chatted with me this week, this past week, and she was asking why we no longer have marriage seminars, because she's about to get married. 
Then she went ahead to say to me that between 2016 and 2020, five of our friends have divorced. Between 2016 and 2020, five of her friends have divorced. And she did not want to be like that. In fact, she's the main reason why I decided to, I was supposed to preach on love, but I decided to bring this love to the family, to bring it to marriage. She is one of the main reasons why I said, you know what, I need to address this issue. And you know what, a lot of these young people are separating and divorcing for these days. They are incompatible. They are incompatible. We are not compatible. And so I wanted to address the issue of compatibility. So I ask a marriage expert, somebody who speaks to marriage people, married people a lot. I say, talk to me about incompatibility. Is it a good enough reason to divorce? She said, actually, no. That good, that incompatibility is actually the best reason to marry. Because nobody who is married to anybody is compatible. We walk it. Anybody who you see walks it. Nobody is compatible. Nobody is compatible. We just agree to work our differences. No two same like people marry. A noisy person marries a quiet person. A, a type A personality marries type Z. We are nothing joins them. Because that is, the comp that is how we complement each other. A, somebody that is high achieving marries somebody that doesn't care. So that we bring balance. I pull you up and I pull you down. So we come to balance. That is how God does. So incompatibility is a perfect reason to be married. I was surprised and I was happy. So I began to think of our compatibility with God. Are we compatible? Uh, is God and us compatible? I don't need to preach again. You know the rest of the message, isn't it? God and us are not compatible. Wretched, liars, evil, wicked. God collected us. And it has been, we have been Christian for 40 years. We are still keeping malice and God has not thrown us away. Is that not the truth? We have been Christians for 30 years. We still do devotion, hope, step, and job. We are still cheating on our tithes and offerings. Has God divorced us? Talk about compatibility. And that is the whole essence of marriage. That God sees that eh, all of us are work in progress. Nobody is ever complete. So agape love cuts through all of that. Pastor Ina was a master act. He was, a, he was an act. He was, a, he was a class act. He was a class act. Pastor Ina will see you, rubbish and all. He will say, mm, you did very well. Mm, but next time, just put this command. And you got the message. He never condemned. I'm not like him, but God has not thrown me away. Pastor used to collect the staff once in a while and take them to Hilton. The last time I took them to Hilton was 20 or 50 years ago. And you know, I don't care because I'm not trying to compete with Pastor. Pastor is him and I'm him. And God is managing me. Maybe till I die, I won't take them out. But God is not going to throw me out. The point I'm making today is that compatibility. Because these young people, they just come and start and say, we are not compatible. I'm not happy. Was Jesus happy? No, talk to me. Was Jesus just going everywhere laughing? <laughs> I didn't see where they say Jesus laughed. 
But I saw where they say Jesus. Take a deep breath, everybody. Release. Say, calm down. We need to calm down. We need to calm down. Compatibility is not a reason. Incompatibility is not a reason for divorce. It now gives you something to work on. It now tells you your assignment. Oh, she doesn't like AC. I like AC. So where's the common ground? And we have to sleep in the same room. So we have to find a way. We have to find a way. And the finding a way is that you don't go to another room. How can we still sleep in this room? And I have AC, but you have comfort. We have to find a way. And that, those are the challenges God gives you. Because God is finding a way to deal with you, to work with you on a daily basis. In case of God don't tire with some of now, it's just they look now. He's, maybe he has tried all his ideas and he's waiting for you to develop your ideas to save himself. But he said, when you finish, join me, I still love you. Agape love of God in marriage. He keeps loving us. He keeps forgiving us. He keeps being patient with us until we become like him. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. 2 Corinthians 3, 18. Everybody read it with me. But we, how many of us? With unveiled faces, everybody, beholding us in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So as we keep staying with God, he keeps changing us. See how long it's taking you to just... Did, do you forget how long it took us to bring you to church from COVID? Some of you didn't come to church for one and a half years. But we kept begging you and kept... We didn't say we are incompatible. So stay at home. We kept begging you. I kept talking. Sometimes I'll abuse you. Sometimes I'll beg you. Sometimes I'll say, come back to church and all. That is how God does us. That's how we should do one another in marriage. The man is stubborn, the woman is wicked. We keep working it and working it until one day we stand. And 40 years later, people are looking up to you and drawing strength from you, not knowing what you have gone through. But you have stayed and so worked it until you become a point of reference. If we do not stop this divorce train in the church, there will be no church down the road. Because the devil is in an all-out attack to destroy anything that is God. Let's talk about incompatibility. Adam and Eve. Were they compatible? Were they comp- don't be, no, it's not a trick question. Were they compatible? I'll tell you why they were. They are the first incompatible couple on the earth. Because God has given instruction to the man, and the man has told you, why are you talking to Satan? To where eventually her problem made God to remove them from the garden and stop that relationship. If it was these days, Will they be still married? <laughs> Divorce straight. He caught you from your source of supply. He caught, he did this. No, we are incompatible. <laughs> but do you see what God did for both of them? God said, our journey just began. In other words, when your wife or husband has just done that big one, you say, our journey, our training, our workout, our, our push-ups just began. And so God takes them out of the garden, kills a ram and covers them, and they continue. In marriage, and where they have children and children and children, they did not divorce, but they were incompatible. 
One was obeying God, one was disobedient to God. Young people, I'm talking to you. Compatibility is not a reason for divorce. It's a challenge to work, to work hard. When Pastor Ina married me, I was moody. I could just wake up and cry for a whole day. I mean, myself wouldn't even know why I'm crying. <laughs> Pastor, it started from, long, from when we were children. There were days I would just cry. I would just declare a two days crying. <laughs> this is me you're seeing. I'm not lying. Ask my sisters. And today you will, stupid girl, what are you crying? Tell us. And I will cry the more. My mother will beat me. I will cry the more. I, I, and I went into marriage with it. My husband will ask for two days. And me, myself, I'll be saying, Sarah, so why are you crying? I won't answer. Then I will cry more because I couldn't answer it. <laughs> by patience, by patience, by patience, by patience for one year, two years, three years, four years, five years, six years, seven years. One day I just, just said, What is this nonsense? Stop. And I stopped crying. What if Pastor Ina said, You know what? I'm a peaceful guy. I'm an easygoing guy. I can't deal. Incompatible. Let's go to divorce court. <laughs> In other words, the things you people are fighting and quarreling about these days, it's not it. There are challenges you should... Look at you. you. You tackle big problems in the office. You do life-changing things. And then it comes to just one woman and a little problem. And you say you can't do it. No, you are bigger than that. You are better than that. You can do it. You can do it. The agape love of God will make you do it. Hallelujah. The God kind of love in marriage is based on a decision, commitment, and dedication to walk the marriage until all the rough edges are smoothened out. It is an unending love that is determined to stick with it no matter what. It is selfless. It is self-effacing. It does not push itself but looks after the interest of the spouse and seeks the spouse's highest good. It is a love that is committed to keep the marital vows for better or for worse. You know, when you are saying these things on the pulpit, it's not just romantic. You'll be looking at the person all glad up with your beautiful wedding girl for richer, for poorer. And then you go down two months later, you say you are incompatible. Is richer and poorer compatible? Better and worse, are they compatible? But we made a promise that for better or worse, we will stay together. So I want everybody, every couple, young people to know that every marriage you marry, there is better and there is worse. And I know we are a word of faith and all. We are a word of faith. We believe that blah, blah, let the weak say I am strong and all. No. Saying you are, see, the Bible already said, let the weak. It has already identified the, the fact that you are weak. Let the weak now say, I am strong. Not deny it and say, I'm not weak. You are not weak, but you are angry. No, I'm not weak. I'm not angry. But you are angry. So accept the anger. Let the weak say, I am strong. So better and worse, for better, for worse, for richer or poorer, no matter who you are married to, one time will come, Kobo no good day for the house. But you don't say we are incompatible. There are times people will get discouraged. And they wouldn't want to work hard. And you have to just understand, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, I don't care who you are, sickness attacks. 
there is no man of God on earth that sickness has not attacked, whether they admit it or not. But the Bible says, put it up for me, if you can. If, it, if not, I will, I, will, I will quote it. Many, many, how many? Are what? But what happened? Small affliction catch you, you come off his same kuna separate. Are you mad? We too, we dare affliction. We that you're coming for us to divorce you, we are also in affliction. We also just fought with our wives. We are not talking. I have not had sex with my husband for two weeks. And you're coming. He said, my wife is not giving me sex. And the pastor looks at you and laughs. Me too, I never have sex for three months. <laughs> no, like, <laughs> Oh, you see us like this, you think that we don't have problems. Some of you come to us, loan me two million. Somebody will never count 50,000 for you. Say, Pastor, loan me two million. It is easy to say, I get two million, and for they do pastor work, I forgot to look for a job. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. So, no matter who you are, every marriage will be afflicted. No money, sometimes sickness and all. Come to think of it, talking about problems. And, no, my time is gone. <laughs> for richer, for poorer, in good times and in bad times, till death do us part. Till death. Till death. Christians, family worship center, till death. No incompatibility will part us. Because on the pulpit, we already swore to incompatibility. Because I'm not compatible with poverty. We are not compatible with sickness. But it will come. But you fight it. And you overcome it. You overcome it. You keep overcoming. And one day, you will start one day and say, we've been married 17 years and counting. Because you almost divorced at two years, but you stayed with it. And then one day you say, it's 25 years. Were you licking honey and milk? No. You were drinking soup without meat and all of that. No generator, mosquitoes biting you, malaria and all. We said, now we are 30 years. Now we are 40 years. Then down the road, you can keep some young people down and say, you know what? I've been through it. You will make it. Divorce makes you weaker, it makes you sicker, it makes you confused, you are lonely, it makes you afraid. So let me talk about, give you some illustrations. We and God, is everything always okay? No, let's be honest, I'll preach to you like I talk to myself. As Christians, we get born again, we are in this relationship, isn't it? Things don't work out. Sometimes you pray, 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 pray for somebody, he dies. Sometimes you believe, 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 they give the job to somebody else. Sometimes you sow all your money into that thing because you believe God was going to help you. You sow the seed and nothing happened. In fact, you got poorer. Do you pack your load and leave Christianity? What do you do? You stay and you pray again. You fast again. Sometimes you backslide. Sometimes you get angry and not come to church. But later on you come again. Why? Because you are in a covenant relationship. We don't pack our things and go. How about God and us? We promise him I will be faithful. I will stay with you. And it's a lie. God is knowing you are lying. But you say, yes, 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 I know. And then you do all the rubbish. You come back to God. Does God divorce you? What does he do? And walks it. 
Let me take it to another level. Have you seen what a family member gets sick? What do we do? We gather around, we go to the hospital, we ask questions, we borrow money. Let pray that cancer does not hit your house. Cancer will carry your land, it will carry your investment, it will carry your house, it will carry everything. Have you ever seen anybody leave a family member and say we are tired? Okay, so that is a human being. Let's come to cars. Some of you, every weekend you go to mechanic. The only thing we don't work hard at is our marriage. We will slave for our family, slave for a car, slave for everything. We will believe God and all, but when it comes to marriage, we give up. You know why? Because the devil knows that you alone can only chase a thousand. But if you can, so, but the two of you will chase 10,000. Devil must do everything to separate you with your husband so that you will be half of your capacity. So you will do less. If you can see the devil, have you noticed that everything else you can look for help except marriage? They tell you no third parties. But for sickness, you can look for 100 parties. I used to say, even if uh, healing was in hell, I'll go and look for it for Pastor Ina. We will look for help everywhere for everything, except Mary, they tell you, just keep it between yourself. It's a lie. Tell everybody. Tell everybody. He say, no, our secret. That's why you are going to die. That's why you are going to die. When God appeared in the garden, they told God the problem. If they said, let's just keep it. Let's just, it's between us. Let's not tell him anything. Before they, ay, 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 ay. now the wife, when you give me, now the husband, no. say it so that you'll be free. If you can look for help for everything, you should look for help for marriage. Marriage is like, and it's an institution. It's an institution. Unfortunately, some institution you can, you can decide to leave, but in marriage you can't leave. Therefore, you need all the help you can get. Look for marital help. Talk to somebody. Talk to your pastor. Talk to your deacon. Talk to your somebody. Don't keep it as a secret. Tell your sister. Tell his sister. Tell somebody's sister. But tell somebody. Don't stay there and die. I tell you the first day, Pastor, you know, hustle me. You know, say my mom run that day. And I get belly. Pastor, one kid, I say, no, you're not going to kill me. You remember that story I told you? We were driving and he hits the, and the guy, so, and I kept quiet. Immediately we went home. I didn't talk again. I was charging, charging. I cooked. I gave him he ate. The next day he went to work. I packed my things and I disappeared. <laughs> you can't beat me twice. You can't hustle me twice. I don't go. The reason why, and I'm not, I'm not talking about divorce. Now I'm talking about there are times to pull out and fix it and come back again until we overcome this thing. Amen. The marriage covenant is important to God because it, it's God's program and agenda. Be willing to give it your 100%. Whatever you have to go through in your marriage, give God a chance. And to all of you going through something, I needed a word for you, from, from God for you. I heard God tell me, and God bears me witness. This is now, the other ones I can say, I, I put the message together. But this point, this point I'm about to make is what God told me to tell you if you are going through anything. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. I heard it clear as I was waking up from sleep. That's the first thing that hit my spirit. Tell them to come to me. It says, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Do you have a marital comp 
problem. God says, come to me. I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you. Come to me, all you who are labor. Go back. Let's read it together. 28. Thank you, guys. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Come, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Three things. Come to God. Learn from him. And he will give you rest. God wants to give you rest. It's not divorce. If you divorce the first time, you will divorce again and divorce again. And every time you divorce, you are getting weaker and weaker. And you are, you are getting more calcitrant in your heart. So come to me and I will give you rest. Seek for help, books, people. Discard the fallacy that no third party shall enter. When you are sick, you go to a doctor. When your car is sick, you go to the doctor. When somebody is sick, you look for help. Marriage also look for help because you don't know everything. Everything that works does so with knowledge because knowledge is power. So knowledge will help you see more clearly to navigate the marital problems. Never be shy or afraid to look for help. Go to Mech. And those of you who are yet to marry, I was just reading in that book, and Bishop Oedeko read eight books before he married. Eight books before he married. And so they went to the counselor, and the counselor was saying, he asked them, what kind of marriage do you want? He told the counselor, a hitch-free marriage. Counselor laughed and said, there is nothing like that, there will be hitches. Oedeko looked at him and said, am I not sitting in the couch with you? Am I stepping on your feet? He said, no. He said, why, why would I say? Because I know I shouldn't step on your feet. So I'm going to have a hitch-free marriage. Does that mean that they didn't have problems? Lots of problems. In fact, some of the problems are listed in the book. But because they had determined they were going to have a good marriage, they, had a good, they have a good marriage, and they have fought the devil to a standstill. The wife was sick as if she was going to whatever. God, through their faith, brought her back to life. I want you to know that there is no problem you cannot overcome. And so, young people, before you marry, read. And those of you who are already married are in trouble. You are one information away from solving that problem. The woman with the, the issue of blood said she had done everything and found no help. But then she heard about Jesus. So you need one more information to solve that problem. Amen. And when that problem is solved, you get stronger, ready for the next problem. Because we will have from one problem to the other, from one victory to the other, from one problem to the other, to, to one problem to the other. That is how marriage works. And we keep overcoming, we keep prevailing. Amen. Stand on your feet. I think I'm done. I want you to know that divorce is not the will of God. In the beginning, it was not so. Anytime people divorce, it's because of a hard heart. It's because of a hard heart. I want you to soften your heart. Stand up, pray, pray to God. Some of you need to go home and sit down and talk. And some of you need to say, you know what, we've been hiding this. Let's, let's look for help. Because marriage can have disease. It can have attack. It can have problems. And it can be helped. There is a solution to your marital problem somewhere in the world. You are one solution away, but divorce is not the answer. Incompatibility is not the reason. I've shown you from so many angles that incompatibility is not a reason for divorce. Amen. Pastor Wilson, please come and close the service. Pray. Father, help us. Help us. Let your word have a free course. Make us... Help us to create days of heaven on earth that our homes will be miniature heavens in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to this message. 
You will be blessed when you do the things that you have heard. You can make a brand new start in life by becoming a child of God. It's as easy as believing in your heart as you say the following prayer. Jesus, I thank you for dying for me. Jesus, come into my heart today and be my Lord and Savior. I declare right now that I am born again. In Jesus' name, Amen. Congratulations if you just said that prayer. It is important that you join a Bible-believing church immediately so that you grow in knowing Christ. We would love to have you visit our church in Abuja, Nigeria. For more information about this ministry, you can visit our website at www.fwcabuja.org. God bless you. Family Worship Center. We care.